Hi, welcome to Sammy's Treasures, Revealing the Jewels of Autism. This is episode 10, Conversations with Moms. Before we get started on the topic, I'm just going to go through our intentions and activate our core matrix that holds the energy of these podcasts. We intend that the listener will hear and feel our messages and transmissions with clarity and focus. Listeners will listen with their hearts, but they will experience non-judgment, experience states of non-duality, experience the pure tones of love which comes from the zero-point field. The messages and transmissions will assist in shifting to the new platform which is soul-based. These messages will align each person to their unique soul matrix and assist in internalizing the soul consciousness to live as an omniversal law of one being. So before we actually get into our conversation, let me just do a little update on the book that we had been invited to participate in. This is a book with 20 other ascending visionaries who are experts in consciousness development, energy healing, and multidimensional awareness. We had anticipated that the book would be launched in April, but due to the coronavirus, we've had to delay that. So the book is set to launch late summer, and we will also be launching an online video summit that showcases our wisdom and expertise. In June, we'll also be offering live video interviews on Zoom and Facebook, where you can experience our amazing transformational work firsthand for free. So you definitely don't wanna miss these, and you can stay up to date on our Facebook page, Revealing the Jewels of Autism, or also by subscribing to our website and receive our email blasts. And that is www.moonoros.one. So I thought since May was, is Mother's Day, that it might be enlightening for us to have a conversation with some other moms, my fellow moms that are joining me today. We had actually launched a support group a couple of years ago but then things in our lives, uh, for one reason or another, for each one of us at different times became a bit topsy-turvy. And so we have kind of put that aside for a bit. But one of my really, truly most wonderful experiences in raising a child like Sammy has been uh, the camaraderie and the contact that I've been able to make with other moms. And just having other moms who understand what you know you're going through, as I'm sure all of you listeners can understand, is is really huge because in raising kids like Sammy, who are considered nonverbal and um, not even educable, that uh, by meeting other moms who've had similar experiences is a wonderful way of receiving support. And one of the most fun things that I really enjoyed about doing those support groups 
a couple of years ago that we named had named supporting autism consciousness evolution SACE was my conversations with these three wonderful moms uh, right before we would be planning our support online support meetings support group meetings and I thought you know it might be fun to do a podcast where we can just have a conversation and really talk heart to heart, mom to mom, mothers to mothers. And uh, for those of you listening, if you can kind of feel that sense of camaraderie and the connections through our conversation. So this is what we're intending to do today. I'll introduce each one one at a time and just say a little bit about their their child as well. And then I'll let each one, each one of these uh, special moms, I shouldn't say special, but unique moms, uh, introduce themselves and tell you a little bit about themselves. Uh, there will be some contact information on the description if you if one of these moms resonates for you and you want to be able to discuss some other things or just ask some general questions. So um, the first mom is Connie Regalado and she is mother to a son named Daniel. Daniel transmitted to Connie some really amazing light language chants that went with the galactic sun activations in December of 2018. I won't go into details about the galactic suns here, but we have a page on our website about the galactic suns, where these autists of the seven higher heavens are actually from. And there's a little bit of a description about these uh, galactic suns. So Connie received some really powerful light language chants from Daniel. And that's part of the work that they are doing. Next mom is uh, Laura Granber Birch. She is son. She is mom to a son named Nick. Nick provided the message for the last episode, episode nine, called "Mom Love," and he's an artist as well and a multidimensional communicator. Uh, the other mom that I, um, we're going to be talking to today is Malena Cielo. Malena's daughter, Lucy, provided the information for episode six, the tri-wave nature of consensus. So they've been a tremendous support to me, just being able to share and laugh about some of our experiences really it really lightens the burden and lightens the load. So I'm gonna introduce Connie first. So Connie, you wanna come on and introduce yourself? Hello, um, very good to be here. I'm Connie and uh, my son Daniel is 25 years old. Um, and he is what we would consider non-speaking, non-verbal. Um, now, I'm a very logical person, and I used to only believe in what I can see, touch, feel, and taste. However, um, since 2011, my eyes, of course, are open to a new world. Um, it's a world that I like to call magical. And I learned that there was more to life and that something epic was on the horizon. And at that time, I was told by my sister-in-law, 
who is a psychic, um, and she was a great support system to me in 2011 when I first awakened. She had mentioned that Daniel and other autists held a key to the ascension process and were literally pillars of light holding and supporting the planet in so many ways that shocked her. And at that time that she, when she told me that, I remember thinking, whatever, <laughs> I didn't... Although I'd had a spiritual awakening, for for some reason in my mind, I cannot imagine or believe what she was saying about him. It wasn't until uh, two years later that he did what I jokingly love to call coming out of the spiritual closet. And that is when he began communicating with one of my former co-workers um, on what I can only describe an astral level. And these communications shed light on so many things. And it opened my eyes yet again to the magic of the world that I first experienced in 2011. It was revealed that he had many gifts that can only be described as supernatural. Shortly after these communications began, I went to search the internet thinking that I possibly can't be alone in this situation. Um, I mean, I felt like there has to be others you know, I know I'm not crazy. I know this is real. And that's when I first came across uh, Gail and Lyrica's website and their book. And that book literally was a, a saving grace for us and led me to so many other things and meeting so many others um, that we can share and grow. It's been a beautiful gift. Thank you. I, I was saying I can relate to what, Sam, what uh, Connie was saying. I've had experiences like that too. And I thought I was losing my mind for a bit. So the next mom that I want to introduce is Laura Granber Bursch, who is Nick to, who is mom to the wonderful Nick. Hi everybody. It's great to be here. Um, wow. Connie, <laughs> that was awesome. I'm not even going to try to compete with that. Um, I'll be more, uh, Matter of fact, um, Nick is going to be 33 in about mm, 10 days and is considered beyond verbal. And he was born in 1987 when nobody knew what autism was. And so our journey was very murky to begin with. We went a couple of years not even knowing what we were dealing with. And uh, so in 1989, Rain Man came out and that enlightened a lot of people. And at the time I thought, well, um, people are mistaken thinking all autists are um, savants, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm rethinking that uh, as of now. But that was the beginning of watching um, the world become educated as to what autism is and what they think it is as compared to what we are learning, us mothers, um, day to day, um, what our kids are actually teaching us. Uh, autism means their gifts. Um, but it was um, a rough 10 years to start, and uh, there was no information available, no cell phones, no internet. <laughs> um, so you really were quite alone for quite a while. And uh, when Nick was 11, um, uh, we had some behavioral issues and looking for respite, he ended up in um, what we thought was a temporary institutional setting. And, and it, he was there six months, but it, after that, um, uh, 
went to a group home and uh, it was a wonderful one. And he lived there for about 15, 10 years, I guess. And then um, adult homes for a few more years. And we really didn't know who or what he was um, until 2013. Um, And I, my awakening about that time when Nick learned to use um, facilitated, he didn't even have to learn to use facilitated communication. He was given the opportunity to do it and he just started typing and he had a lot to say and he knew things he shouldn't have known and um, was brilliant and funny and amazing. And um, it's been quite the journey ever since. Um, I currently run um, an online um, support group, as it were, um, Autism uh, Doorway to Consciousness. Um, that's on Facebook. And I'm a big supporter of facilitated communication and RPM. Um, communication is super important. And it really was a turning point for us, changed our lives. So um, find that very, very helpful. And Nick does live with us. We have uh, two other daughters and uh, they're both grown and, and, um, not at home. So it's just uh, my husband and myself and Nick right now. So the journey continues. I really enjoy you guys. Thank you, Laura. I know Laura, Laura's uh, son is the oldest in our group. And, you know, it's, um, it's always good to have sort of that, that perspective of parents who started, you know, maybe 10, 15, 20 years before some of our kids. Um, so, but uh, we can talk more about that. Uh, let me introduce Malena. Malena Cielo. Malena. Oh, hello. <laughs> um, hello, everyone. Um, it is lovely to be here. My, I'm Malena. I'm Peruvian, um, living in Virginia, U, United States, since um, 10 years old. 10 years ago and I'm very grateful and honored to to call my friends these three beautiful ladies here um I'm very grateful also for having Lucy my daughter um she's 11 years old um she's non-speaking uh diagnosed autistic when she was two years old. And thanks to her, I started a profound transformation and healing, trusting more in my intuition. And I've integrated more refined aspects of myself. So now um, I'm a spiritual coach too, and certified as a mission practitioner and Divine Light Energy Channel, and Lucy and me, well, Lucy asked me to open a um, Facebook group called Light of Autism. Oh, you, can, you can join us, you feel drawn to. Um, I'm also graduated in economics, by the way. <laughs> um, well, in, in my story with Lucy um, was that when she was diagnosed was, well, that, was, that is shocking for everyone, right? Uh, but then 
well, and I was lucky to, that Lucy was born in 2008. Um, she was diagnosed in 2010, and in 2012, there was a big opening right in the, in the world, in the planet and the universe, right? Uh, so at that time, I, I realized that Lucy uh, had this energetic sensitiveness. Um, that she could feel the energy around, that she, that really her meltdowns was because she, she was sensing uh, low vibrational energies around the house, right? And it needed to be clear. So I needed to clear the house and she was better. So uh, that, uh, with that episode, I, it changed my perception about autism and that opened us uh, a new reality for us. Uh, seeing and loving my daughter unconditionally and seeing and accepting her as the beautiful, uh, precious light that she is. Um, and even it opened to more people to come and support us also. Uh, with sensory um, sensory therapy or also RPM. We discovered RPM when she was seven years old. And she, she demonstrated great intelligence, um, sensitiveness, empathy, loving for humanity. Um, she, she and I have telepathic communication. Um, since she was, I think she's even seven, around seven, six, seven. I, I can't remember well. Uh, but uh, she opened me to a whole new world. And thanks to her, I heal profoundly and we live in, uh, in inner peace. It gave me a lot of peace. Um, we have a deep energetic connection and I can tell we are united in consciousness. I can listen to her clearly and all the children too. And I'm very honored for this gift that is Lucy and all the children. So I open to <laughs> support also other moms. Uh, well, I think that's enough for now. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks, Melina. Um, yeah, Melina, Melina has the, the youngest uh, child out of our out of our group. But there's so many, there's so many more others, other children of various ages that are considered nonverbal or beyond verbal is really the more accurate term or, or non speaking. And um, just as a reminder, I have mentioned RPM, rapid prompting method, and facilitated communication a little bit in, I think, at least one other episode. So rapid prompting method, RPM, or RPM for short, was developed by uh, this really amazing mom from India. Her name is Soma. I can't, I can't pronounce her last name, but her name is uh, Soma. And I just mentioned rapid prompting method because it's a different way of uh, 
getting our kids to communicate or engage them in in uh, learning and learning how to, learning to spell and to communicate. But anyway, the rapid prompting method it starts off with the use of letter boards. It's very it's very low tech, and there are some really amazing bits of information and lessons coming out from so many of the kids now who have progressed through the rapid, rapid prompting method and also facilitated communication and really sharing some incredible insights and teaching us that, that they're not so, they're not as mentally, they're not mentally incapacitated at all really and that they're extremely competent and have been listening and observing what goes on in in an, in their world and around them all along. So I just mentioned that because if people search on the internet for rapid prompting method and facilitated communication, there are many quote educated and uh, professionals who will uh, completely um, poo poo, so to speak, RPM and facilitated communication when I feel that they haven't really, really taken the time to learn how these kids are progressing through these methodologies. But I just wanna throw that out for uh, people listening, not to become discouraged if, or if they look up RPM and facilitated communication. But let me start with this question because the diagnosis of autism is not um, considered to be a gift. It's not considered to be something, quote, good to have. And that as you can hear in, uh, in our conversation to start with, that there are many challenges that goes with raising a child with autism. And Laura, whose son was um, born in 1989, uh, right, 1989 or 88. Um, uh, it was a very different time for her. And for me, Sammy was born in 1999, Daniel around the same time. So Laura, who's had the experience of no one knowing what really autism was, except from what they saw on the movie, The Rain Man. And then when Sammy was born, um, there was, the numbers of autism was increasing, but it was still not seen. It was not a, not a good thing to have, not a good thing to be diagnosed with. And a lot of the treatments from what I remember focused on um, even recovering, you know, with diets, there were kids, they were saying that they were recovering or if they did this chelation method, they would, uh, they were recovering. So that was kind of a big thing when Ma Sammy was born. But anyway, I thought we would start out with this general uh, question of, you know, what, what has been the greatest challenge? Uh, or in other words, um, what has been, um, you know, the greatest, the greatest challenge in raising a child with this type of autism? Um, well, for us, our kids are non considered non-speaking or nonverbal. But um, anybody want to get that started? Me. <laughs> okay. 
Um, I would say that that the greatest challenge is, um, and maybe I'm a good example because there was there was n nobody to tell us otherwise when we started. Um, why do do normal parenting techniques do not work on autistic children? That was hideously frustrating for us and for everyone that I've run into. You kind of have to go through this period of time where you're you're realizing nothing works the same way. Your, your child doesn't respond to bribes of food and other things. They, they don't seem interested in, in um, what kids are interested in. They don't care about presents or toys very much, or they don't play with toys in traditional ways. They're, they're so different that you, you kind of bang your head against the wall. And in my case, we had an older daughter and that went like clockwork. You know, you're, you're passing these milestones of development. And then here's this son and he's, he doesn't care what anyone else is doing. He's doing his own thing. And it's very hard to get his attention. Um, that, that was a big challenge to me. And you're thinking, how could I have, how can I be so unsuccessful when it worked the first time? What am I doing wrong? And a lot of people, I think, remain stuck in that need for normalcy um, for many, many years. It's, it's a really hard thing to say, okay, what I'm doing or what they're telling me I should be doing just isn't working. I've got to do something different. Um, that was yeah. a game changer yeah. for us. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It was, it is, it is hard because there's no real manual and... At that time, um, yeah, all the, the different diets and kids recovering from autism, that was kind of a, a big focus when Sammy, you know, like I said, when Sammy was born. And so it was like, okay, we have to do these things to try and uh, maybe, maybe she'll be one of the lucky ones to recover from autism, you know? So yeah. it was, uh, you know, and so you think, well, if those kids got better, then why isn't my child, you know, and you think you're doing something wrong and, um, you know, you put them in special education because that's what, you know, you're supposed to do. And, you know, they might have some success for a little while, but then they, they seem to kind of revert back to uh, whatever behaviors they were engaged in before. So it, it's uh, extremely, yeah. extremely frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> well, you come to realize and, and you're secretly horrified that the teacher doesn't know anything more than you do. Yeah. <laughs> Going to the doctor and, and they don't know any more than you do either. Um, I mean, they have textbook things and facts that they can spit out, but um, right. our kids is so unique that I, it was something I learned early on that, uh, and I think we all have, you know, that you're the expert on your child. And this is just somebody that's, that's got some very general, vague ideas. Um, and when we started, you know, people didn't see autistic kids. Mm -hmm. um, so they, you know, it was an oddity for them and uh, they really had nothing helpful. Um, I know after a while they didn't. Um, <laughs> You know, you would try all kinds of things. And and if you think about it, there's, if you're trying all kinds of things, I mean, it's almost like it's too much to try and, and manage. It becomes too much to try and manage. 
Because, yeah, when you have a neurotypical, quote, neurotypical child, you can put them into activities like the local Y soccers and basketballs or put them on the softball teams or put them in gymnastics and things uh, because they kind of will kind of gravitate towards uh, behaving like all the other kids do most of the time. Not, I mean, there's always the exception even in the normal population, um, mm. so to speak. But yeah, it's extremely difficult because there there is no adequate parenting guide. And I think that's one of the areas that I would say has was a uh, was a big challenge too is there were so many different areas that you're trying to to manage or try you know or try um, you know the diet so then you're having to learn to maybe cook a whole new a whole new way and the rest of the family might not you know want to go gluten free you know and so uh, trying to manage different diets or they're so sensitive to or eat will eat only a couple of things that you know you're making one meal for the rest of the family and one meal for uh, you know your child, and then I know for me trying to get in healthy options, um, and then there's supplements to explore that they tell you. You know, occupational therapy and physical therapy and um, speech therapy, uh, and you know the list the list of different th- therapies diets you could do. Uh, you know, various kinds of different diets: casein free, gluten free yeast-free, I mean, you name it, there's, you know, a diet for just about everything. So in some ways, it was like too many things to even consider and look at, which I found is just overwhelming, uh, you know. Yeah, you're super add? mom, but then you have to be super, super mom of an autistic child. Yeah, and if you have other kids, you know, then yeah, you're trying to, you know, Manage and it's that guilty one. Mom. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> and trying to provide whatever life you can for your neurotypical, you know, kids. And all you want is a little piece. I mean, we were VCRs were just coming into vogue, and we learned how to tape um, because Nickelodeon didn't exist either. Oh. So we would Christmas stuff and play it endlessly in July or whenever we needed to, just to keep the piece. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of a dirty little secret, but you know, if you needed to cook dinner or, or right. a phone call or something going on, then, um, you know, right. we were blessed that Nick would, he could watch TV at about 18 months. I mean, it was, it was crazy that you would get this diagnosis where, you know, the expectations seemed so very low. And yet then there were these flashes of brilliance, like being able to watch TV at 18 and be thoroughly in, or 18 months and be thoroughly engrossed and to line up toys and build things that are spectacular. And then, you know, but the professionals are telling you, no, no, you know, keep yeah. your expectations low because there's not likely going to be much uh, going on. Yeah, it's so, true. Quite a lot of confusion there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somebody else wanted to add something? Mm, okay. Oh. oh. Connie? Okay. Oh, uh, Elena, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yes, I, I agree <laughs> with what you said. And I want to add, well, the greatest challenges in raising my child, uh, 
has been what at the beginning the initial shock that was receiving her diagnosis and hearing to the quote unquote experts telling me that my child has a neurology uh, disorder, right? Right. And that she is intellectually disabled or that she needed to, I needed to fix her. Um, and there are other doctors that recommends diets and supplements. And we tried those things and we tried the regular therapies, right? Right. As you mentioned. And we didn't see much progress, right? Even in the special ed schools, that, that's frustrating too when they don't believe in your child, in their intelligence. Right. But uh, so that belief system about autism caused certain frustration, preoccupation. It, yeah, in me or in the family. Right. Um, even in other members of the family uh, were affected also emotionally. Um, I, I discovered that Lucy was. Um, beautiful child, right? Um, an awesome child when she was little. Uh, she was four or five. Mm. But I I tried some therapies during the first years that I, that I didn't know really about her spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that was hard. Um... I think also there are challenges with the educational system because they, yeah. you know, Lucy, Lucy can spell to communicate on letter boards. They don't accept that method, right? Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they are stuck in only one methodology. <laughs> and I go to the IEPs and, well, Lucy said she's a teacher there. <laughs> she's teaching them, them. <laughs> because she she knows all the topics now. She knows history, social studies, science. When she answering in the letterbox, she can answer any any kind of any kind of material and age appropriate or even higher than age appropriate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I believe that they have come also to create change in the systems, right? right? So uh, I, I'm hoping to see new schools, new kind of schools, new kind of centers for them, therapeutic, holistic centers, spiritual, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? right? But that's what they need more, even more nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, exposed to more nature, outings, going for a walk, hiking, field trips, I don't know, uh, beautiful. We can create something beautiful for them. Right. Um, I hope. <laughs> I know. Well, and I think it's I think it's interesting that we want that kind of school for, you know, and programming yeah. for them, but it makes you realize too that maybe that's what all our kids need is not oh, so yeah, much exactly, yeah. sitting mm-hmm. at desks and 
Mm. You know, I mean, I know um, our youngest one is our neurotypical one. And, you know, I started to, to see and notice how even the regular public schools and how the kids are treated in a sense and what we do what we do to them in the name of education to shut down other areas of who their soul and spirit is trying to be and, and express so these uh, yeah. autists yeah these mm. autists are yeah. making us question all of it for uh, all of our kids for all Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that's that's very true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's good. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, Melina. For my younger sister too, I see her struggling going mm-hmm. to school too. Right. She's also a special child. Very, I mean, especially the very spirited, spirited child. Yes, mm-hmm. not yes. diagnosis, but she's. It's just the new generations of children, they are so beautiful, so spirited. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Nothing can hold them back. I know. That's what we're Nothing. counting on. Yeah. <laughs> we're counting on. Yeah. yeah. We have to change everything. So, yeah. no, I think that's what our autistic all, are showing. Yeah, all aspects in society needs to change. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, Connie, is there anything you wanted to add about the, the challenges? Uh... Well, um, <laughs> the greatest challenges for us was, um, well, for me, the feeling of loneliness and the lack of support that I felt I was getting from the educational system, from the medical system. Um, the It's just overall just feeling of hopelessness and what the future held. Yeah. Uh, it was also another challenge was it's, it was difficult to witness the meltdowns and um, in public, <laughs> the, the stemming behaviors that I didn't understand, the lack of sleep because he didn't sleep. All those were challenges and there were really no real true answers or um, assistance that I received at that time in the past. Mm-hmm. I know that's, uh, I think, I think the unexplained meltdowns um, is one of the more, most difficult ones there. And like Milena alluded to that there are kids are so sensitive to a- any energy. And if they feel discordant energy or inauthentic energies, um, emotional pain that someone is going through, they can experience that as well. Um, and they could also, you know, these cosmic activations and energy that people feel coming in. People talk about the positions of the, you know, the heavenly bodies and things and how that affects um, the normal, quote, normal population. And for our kids, it can be even more challenging. So, you know, what I've learned in the past few years is that our kids are even experiencing these cosmic waves that are coming in, you know, w- way out in another dimension and they could be feeling it like it's right here right now. And the rest of us may not feel the impact of that until, you know, four or five days from now, you know, but they can feel it coming. And sometimes you don't know why they're suddenly being uh, acting so agitated and um, becoming so dysregulated, but they can literally even feel things that are uh, coming at us. and 
these sensitivities because definitely it's one of the most challenging aspects and it's challenging that other people don't always understand what's happening and to be stared at when you're out in the community when sometimes when these things are going on um, and from the school systems and the annual IEPs and what kind of goals are we going to set this year it, be, it can become very uh, discouraging and depressing at times I know I uh, remember feeling really depressed at times and feeling hopeless and helpless, um, you know, going through those cycles constantly and not really knowing what, uh, what was, what was happening. And, you know, I mean, I've talked about this a little bit before, but you know, my awakening started maybe 10, 12 years ago as well. And I certainly didn't understand Sammy and didn't want to acknowledge some of the information and visions that I was uh, receiving from her. Yeah, we go through that period where you think you're crazy because um, nobody else seems to um, understand understand that that energetic sensitivity. They call it sensory integration kind of dysfunction, but sensory issues is really about being energetically sensitive, as I come to learn now. So, so anyway, what are um, you know? We don't want to leave this conversation on a, on a negative note, talking about the, the challenges, but the challenges are real and it's important as parents to acknowledge that it is difficult because we're trying to manage the quote, normal 3D world and then trying to manage this other realm uh, of a child who's very energetically different and managing that and then trying to maintain some sort of life for yourself while you're, you know, I'd say we're juggling like the multidimensional realms and we're juggling the 3D realm, you know. Um, so if you can imagine that, how uh, challenging that can be. But along the way, there have also been some incredible gifts now as um, each one of us is describing and as we move through those challenging challenges and in the last six or seven years how much things have really changed and in the last three years even more so uh to the point now where it feels like we're really getting ready to well birth uh what these kids these individuals have come here to facilitate in, in birthing. So what uh, has been the greatest blessing or gift um, in some of your words? So anybody who wants to start. Okay, I will. Um, well, the greatest gift or treasure is not only learning about his gifts, but mine and others. Um, I see humanity in a different light because of him. I see myself in a different light because of him. I've received the gift of love and patience. Um, I've experienced so many cool things um, with the Autistic Collective over the years. I've actually lost count of all the miracles. Um, another great gift uh, is 
just learning that um, working with telepathy with him, which <laughs> if you would have told me about telepathy 10, 11 years ago and it was real, I would have told you or asked you what you were smoking. Um, but now it's a daily thing in our lives. Um, learning the new SETI light language chants that um, I believe it's, it's almost been two years now that we've been working on these. Uh, that is a great gift because the chants, uh, like Daniel has told me, they're very ancient. And he actually joked and said, think of abracadabra. <laughs> it's a, a magical thing. And so those are some, um, you know, great gifts amongst others that I've, that uh, me and my husband both um, have been dealing with. So it's just been an amazing journey. And, you know, when things get tough, because it does get tough, because we are juggling multidimensional stuff and 3D stuff, but when things get tough, all I have to do is remember everything. And that includes the lovely mothers on um, in this conversation tonight. It's everything. It's all the magic that I've experienced um, literally since 2013. Um, yes, I did mention earlier since 2011 I was awakened. But really, in 2013, when Daniel um, showed me his gifts, that's when... I really, really, I mean, everything evolved for me. And so I just try to remember that. So it has been such a great journey. Yeah, and definitely. And I can relate to what you're saying, Connie, about 2013, I think. And I think Laura had mentioned that too about with Nick. Something happened in 2013 for me as well, even though I started kind of awakening in 2009 and um, something happened in 2013 when I had something inside me said, you have to believe in yourself because I was, you know, seeing all these, having all these visions and Sammy was giving me symbols and things. And I thought I'm crazy, but something in 2013 said, it's time to now believe and stop calling you, you know, and, and make it, make a decision. You're going to have to either decide that this is your, you're crazy or you're sane and they, these things are real. So I remember having to make a conscious decision in 2013 as well. Melina, what else did you want to add? Yeah. I'm, I also, in, you remember the 12, 12, 12? <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. Where there was that big portal opening in the universe. Right, and then after that, I also had the the awakening with Lucy. I think it was twenty thirteen, probably. Yeah, it was. Yeah, by the end of twenty twelve and twenty thirteen, mm-hmm. and I also listened to Lucy when she was at the school, and I felt her that she was crying, that she was calling me, and I went, I picked her up, and she was effectively, uh, she was. So she was crying and she she just hugged me mm. and verbalized, Mom. Oh. Right. <laughs> so yeah. it was so pure, beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was 2013, yeah. Um, well, I, I will share something yes. about your question. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, Lucy is, she's non speaking, but we call, we call them beyond verbal because they talk beyond words right Right. through telepathy or energetic communication through visions or feelings or right into intuition or knowings that comes to me 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, <laughs> in the past, I I saw also like you, like, am I crazy or am I listening to see? <laughs> so it was later when I found out a community of the gifts of autism, the, mm-hmm. the Facebook group. And then I read about also Misson and Susie Miller. Uh, that's why mm-hmm. where I started to realize, oh, there are more people listening to the, mm-hmm. to their children, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it started a profound transformation and healing about myself because mm-hmm. I I kind of hiding my abilities, mm-hmm. my psychic abilities when I was a child. So. And I, I saw I don't fit in this world, right? But, but Lucy, and I was uh, like, you know, I was missing heaven <laughs> for some long time. Uh, but Lucy was profound healing, was really uh, realizing that it's a gift, it's a great gift to have this energetic um, sensitiveness, right? This, and to have these psychic abilities and spiritual abilities are are gifts. Mm-hmm. So I just started to trust in my intuition. Um, I remember who I really are, and the light that is in me and in everyone. Right. Um, so it was a great reawakening to the truth of my soul. Um, she enhanced, even enhanced my spiritual abilities because uh, I didn't realize that I could have telepathic communication um, before. So she kind of, just her presence enhanced my awakening and enhanced my abilities, what I would say. Um, loving myself, that was a big uh, lesson mm. for me that she she truly showed me um told me mom you you need to love yourself more <laughs> trust mm-hmm. more in yourself mm-hmm. um you're very valuable right um so that's that's a lesson for our children for us you we tend to lo- forget about ourselves um putting first our children our husband or our job whatever um but how about ourselves? We need time to listen to our hearts and to go between and really feel our life, feel connected to to earth. To she has uh, told me, seems super important to connect to nature, um, to be grounded here in this planet, to bring all our light here. Uh, to support others. That's why she asked me to open light of autism, um, the Facebook group, to post there our her communications, energetic communication with me. And I think that's why I, I met all of you um, through light of autism. But I, I met you, Susan, before. <laughs> you know, <some> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Right. So I even, she thanks to her, we have a loving community, a soul family. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I feel that. Um, she gave me the gift of feeling uh, unconditional love. And 
feeling also the pure joy to play with her, to just sit with her and being present, completely present, and feel her light and loving presence with me. Mm-hmm. And that, that was super, it's, it's super healing. And she gave me inner peace. And, and also, I know that we are very connected. And if I am disaligned, <laughs> if I'm disaligned through my, mm. um, my, a part of my authentic self or true self, she she can tell me through behaviors <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what is happening. Right? She right. can start uh, with some behaviors, right? Or ripping paper or eating eating and throwing food, whatever. Mm-hmm. She showed me, so I always see behaviors as communication. Mm-hmm. That's that's another. That's important. Um, yeah, that's an important mm-hmm. thing to bring up, uh, Melina. Yeah, yeah, that's very important. Um, yeah, it has been quite a journey that, yeah, okay. I will, I wouldn't change anything. I just enjoy having her yeah. in my life. It's, it's a real gift. Um, okay. um, well, I, I love sharing with moms. <laughs> sharing <laughs> yeah, here. <you> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I and I think you're right about that um spiritual component. I think mm-hmm. that our our kids they're like there's because their sensory systems was not kind of shut off like ours are, I think that mm-hmm. they're so connected to God that they they're like magnets for <laughs> this spiritual, mm-hmm. you know, energy mm-hmm. and once you start giving into that and and knowing that I mean it's it's powerful and I think for all of us here that our kids really have facilitated our awakening not just through you know the 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 difficulties but because they're just they're, they're like magnets literally just bringing this god energy the messages the spirit it's just uh, they just draw it to to them. I mean, I know I can go out and yeah come back home and I can feel like oh my gosh, you know, I wow, I, I entered a whole nother realm because Sammy is just you know emanating a whole different <laughs> you know yeah. field of energy. Yeah, yeah, and, and I bet all your houses are like that. You know, <laughs> you'll be like whoa. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hold my hand. She showed me move or frustrated she just hold my hand and put many times she put my head in her heart mm. and oh my god that's the best yeah. <laughs> i just calm down yeah. it's like i have an angel at home i just right it's like it's it's beautiful when you develop that connection right very mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah, it's yeah. Just pure love, you know, it's just... Pure love. Yeah, yeah it's pure, pure love. love. Yeah. Pure love. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Melina. Yeah, well, <laughs> Laura, did you have anything you wanted to add to? Uh, well, that? I was going to, yeah, um, go with the love thing. Um, you certainly covered it very well. Um, for me, you know, we went so long without much hope. Um, you know, Nick was 26 when he first communicated, and... Uh, um, realizing just the gift of communication was such 
a wonderful gift. I, that would have been made me happy right there. Um, but over time, he revealed more of what he knew. Um, and it's funny when I work with the people in Madison and they, they work with a number of um, uh, beyond verbal people and they all say that. Mm. Um, so uh, there's certainly a, a lot, they know a lot out there that, yeah. uh, um, you know, they're, they're bringing to their families initially uh, and then to the rest of us. But for me, it was, um, he brought purpose, you know, it, it, it made sense why we went through so many years of struggle that it was yeah. just, who could think of this as the reality? Mm -hmm. you know, it, it, I feel like I live in the matrix sometimes. I mean, it's just that far out. Um, and, and so the purpose was very important. Um, but then he brought the love, you know, um, mm. the, the casually calls, uh, creator mom, dad, love, um, and, you know, regularly communicates with him. That's pretty darn amazing. It is, uh, to me. And, uh, you know, it's, facilitated a whole change of lifestyle here um where i live today and what my husband's doing for a living and um you know i'm on this path and i'm not sure quite where it's going but we're following it and we're trusting it and uh you know a few years ago um for example nick was saying that there's going to be this this huge change coming you know we're going to mm -hmm. go through a very difficult period but love's going to win in the end and i kept thinking how the heck mm -hmm. what possibly do that <laughs> where are we right now yeah exactly <laughs> we're at home because of a pandemic and this is going to be a great leveler to i think make some change that we really need to see i mean we mm -hmm. talked about change in education and and uh society etc um just, they're bringing it i mean it's it's almost beyond belief mm -hmm. that this, the things that our kids tell us are truth you can feel the truth there. You feel that purpose. You feel um, it's like coming home again. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And that's pretty amazing. That That is a big part of the gift too. I mean, like I said, to me, just being able to communicate with, with Nick after so long and to understand him, that would have been gift enough, but it just keeps, it's the gift that keeps giving, mm -hmm. um, which is not to say that there aren't days that are challenging, right? But, you know, um, candy coat everything too much I, um but truly um given their challenges our, our kids are so amazing that they cope mm -hmm. as well as they do and they are so full of integrity that they they cannot be diverted from their path you know yeah they um will endure headaches or or difficulties um to get done what they need to get done whether it's some sort of energetic work uh in a negative area or Mm -hmm. um, which is what's typical for Nick, um, staying up all night long, working on something and, uh, being all owly the next day. I mean, they just, they do what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. I think that connection like is so strong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They it's just, just do mm -hmm. it. And yeah. it's quite an example. Um, you know, all the challenges our kids have. And then I think, well, our mind's so bad, right? Right. Uh, it, it offers perspective, purpose. Um, and the other thing I want to touch on was diversity. Um, mm. It's fascinating to me through the doorway page to see different people that we know um, whose kids 
they're finding the same experience. They're happy to communicate with their kids. And then all of a sudden it turns into this spiritual place. Mm. And I, this is, this is a theme, you know, it's, it's part of what's going on for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, But everyone has to come to it in their own way and everybody interprets it, interprets it a little bit differently. And I think each person has their own mission specifically. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's, you know, it's like a constant puzzle to be mm-hmm. trying to figure out what they mean um, mm-hmm. or how best to help. So it's it's not boring. It's very fascinating. <laughs> um, what's boring is the way that the, the professionals just can't seem to um, um, let go of some of the old stuff. Although I think there's hope there, too. I think we're going to see um, more and more shifting. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm. What I'm looking. Think our kids can do. I know. I mean, it's just when I think about what's you know some of the things that I've read on you know, like Wikipedia about facilitated communication or RPM. I mean, it's just. I mean, you just wanna, <laughs> you just wanna scream. But yeah. uh, you know, you just have to understand that you know people uh, at times really need to hang on to what they perceived to be their reality um and you can't you can't shake it out of them like you're saying people have to come to it in their own in their own way on their own own path um and we can't you know no one can do it for them so similarly with our kids and how how uh we each were awakened is all is all different and it, you know, with you, Laura, it always get, always makes me feel hopeful that you know Nick um, that you didn't hear his voice until he was twenty six. That mm. you know, it's just that message of you know never give up um, uh, because it can be uh, can ha- you can feel kind of hopeless at times, but um, you know I think Nick's a great example of the surprises that are in store uh, because of our kids. And uh, with Sammy too, for me, you know, with Sammy, I mean, she didn't, I got that spiritual piece maybe when she was like, uh, you know, about 12, 11 or 11 or 12 or so, but it wasn't until she was 16 that we realized that she was actually intelligent as well, that she was not just spiritually intelligent, but through rapid prompting method as well. that she was listening to everything and she could knew where the, you know, these, these, uh, the continents were and what countries were in the continents. I mean, it was like, what? <laughs> um, so that was, a, you know, that was a big shocker for us then too. And yeah. How patient our kids are though. Too. Yeah. And when you, you imagine talk about them, like they, you know, yeah, that they didn't exist. Over them. They weren't here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, and the years of special education that they underwent, where they were just literally oh my gosh, yeah, being so taught, estimated and undervalued, and uh, right, and to be educated. repeating the same thing over and over again. You know, this is the yellow, this is red. You know, this is orange, this is the ABCs. You know, to be yeah, uh, have that repeated over and over again for um, you know a decade or so. Uh, it's it's mind boggling, like you're saying. When you look at that, you realize just how patient they have been and how much they've had to, um, you know, keep it together to, as best they could. And you, you can kind of even understand why they would 
escape to their own world, you know? Um, we'll go, yeah, I would be staring off in space too if they were, you know, trying to, um, you know, repeat the same lesson again when I could, when I'm seeing these fairies and angels and, you know, a light show going on and you're trying to teach me about ABCs again for the 10th year, uh-uh, you know? Um, yeah. It makes you realize just how much they they did endure so I always feel hopeful you know and I I think when you talk to a parent who has an older child and they you know have have what they went through and where you are and to see Laura that you know she's living with that sense of inner peace and um, gratitude for what Nick has uh, taught her that uh, you know even you know make gives me continues um the hope within me to stay alive um when i'm feeling those times when yeah it still can be you know difficult um no ifs ands or buts about it so yes and we're not getting any younger <laughs> i know i know i know i know and it does feel like you know we're we're kind of moved into a different phase with this even with this coronavirus um we were chatting a few days ago about it in kind of preparation for this, to do this recording, right? And we were talking about, yeah, well, coronavirus being sheltered in, we're not, we're, <laughs> we've kind of been kind of living like that anyway, you know? Uh, so we're kind of used, used to this and we're used to going with the flow, <laughs> you know? Okay, this is the way it is right now because that's how we've had to manage, you know, most of, um, many, for many years is just, okay, well, we thought we were going to go out today. I guess they're kind of uh, stuck in this energetic box right now and they can't move. And so, so we won't go out today <laughs> and having to be flexible in our schedules and in our lives. Um, we're sort of used to this. And I think uh, all of us, um, Elena, Connie and Laura and I here that we've had to, we've learned to, adjust and adapt with the flow and to be as present as possible with what is and then know what actions to take next and so i feel like we've kind of have we're prepared for this coronavirus shelter in <laughs> um status not an accident in. yeah <laughs> not an accident right exactly exactly so yeah. we've already had to learn to kind of right, go with the flow. <laughs> this is the way it yeah. is right now. So, Milena, you want to? It's another something? gift of theirs that they've been busy. Oh yes, exactly. Yes. While we're teaching, <laughs> go with them. Yeah, go with the flow, and we were. Well, yeah, we were isolated anyway. Uh huh. <laughs> right. Right. Not not much going social. Uh, activities so um, yeah um, we knew that there will be a time of transition what Lucy and the kids said right we are going in ascension mm -hmm. awesome. humanity and the planet so we knew something will happen. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, to shift the right, to shift the planet and the vibrations of everyone. We mm -hmm. need mm -hmm. this kind of events. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. They called it theater. Theater. <laughs> <laughs> referring to this this like grand show that's happening. And I couldn't imagine what oh. you're talking about. So you look at what's going on uh, on the world stage right now, and I can certainly see his point. Right. None of us could have really envisioned it, but somebody's planned all this out. It's really phenomenal to think how loved we are that this has all been planned. Everybody's come here to to help make these changes mm-hmm. and endured a great deal to make this happen. Right. Ourselves. Yeah, so, exactly. Exactly. So it's like... Self-driven. Mm-hmm. Let's do it then, you know, enough of this. <laughs> Standing around. Let's go. Yeah, right, right. Let's do it. <laughs> right. Well, we're past, we're like about an hour and 15 minutes. So why don't we um, try and start winding down a bit? And if each one can offer um, a tip or a tip or two, you know, that you feel inspired to, to offer for other parents or other professionals or teachers uh, whoever you feel you want to offer uh, a little bit of a tip to. I made a list. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> so I'll go ahead. Um, and we touched on this the other day. Um, find a creative outlet for your child of some kind. It, it's well worth doing, whether it's painting or singing, um, drawing, something. Everybody needs to create. It could be cooking. Uh, it could be plays, theater. Um, and, um, look for fringe therapies. Don't be afraid to look at CBD and some of these, um, edgier therapies because the traditional stuff has not worked really terribly well for us in the autism community. Right. And remember this too shall pass. So when child's having a meltdown, it's the worst possible time, um, just tell yourself this too will pass and it will and life does go on. So that's my mantra. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's true. And I've got more, but I'll stop there. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Connie or Melina? You want to chime in? Hi. Um, well, I would say right now um, CBD oils for edginess is something that um, could be explored. Um, getting into different communities, uh, different groups, excuse me, um, for more support during this time. Um, learning how to feel things out and discern, uh, meaning sometimes your greatest teacher is your is uh, yourself. And what I mean by that is just the senses that, like, for instance, there'll be certain things that I would just know to do. I don't read it in a book. I don't get it online. I just know to do it and it works. So I trust in yourself as well. Um, That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Melina? Oh, yeah. Well, um, yes, uh, less tips. Um, well, what I've been doing these weeks is focusing on myself, on, on the, well, um, 
walking in, in barefoot on, on earth, um, having meditations with earth and Father, Father God, or having that connection, uh, feeling the inner peace, like you can do, well, if you are not used to, to, to meditate, you may just take deep breath, right? Take conscious breathing, mm -hmm. uh, focus on your breathing and try to focus on the present and not, not much in the news, not much in uh, what the neighbors say or what um, on the worries on other people. You might be empathic and you might be feeling the sorrow and the pain of others. So be, be aware that that might be happening to you. So try to go between and connect with the light and that is available. There is a lot of light energy available now. And you just need to connect to your heart, listen there, um, bring divine energy from heaven <laughs> bringing just with your intention and trusting yourself in your intuition connect with the energy of mother earth to to feel grounded um whereas yes when lucy uh, can get agitated i give her cbd cbd oil <laughs> is good uh, for her and uh, touching crystals, um, clear quartz, clear quartz are, are helping her. She touched, touched it. She even put it in her mouth. Um, she is the way she absorbs the energy of the of the crystals. Um, she likes to go out. We go outside. We walk. Um, she touched uh, stones. She loves touching the stones, looking at them. Um, all of them are grounding activities that are very, very useful for you, for yourself, and for your child. Uh, don't forget about yourself, I would say. Um, listen to your emotions, and it's okay to it's okay to feel your emotions, truly feel it. Um, give yourself love. Look at the mirror and say, I love you. Right. Um, listen to your inner child. It, where there is a lot of meditation, but what yeah. I see is that there are emotions that are coming up because the inner child needs to be seen and healed. Mm. That's another important tip now. Mm -hmm. And if we don't see it, our children, they show us through their behaviors. There is something to healing us. Um, I think that's my taste. <laughs> mm -hmm. Thank you, Melina. And I think, yeah, you all brought up some very important, um, important tips. And I think the breathing one is is uh, important and something that you can do in in the moment when you know your child or the even in a classroom if you're a teacher where the energy is really kind of uh, frenetic and there's a lot of agitation going on is um, taking deep, deep breaths and, and staying calm. 
that's what I had learned how to do with Sammy because she'll still have uh, uh, outbursts or what we consider meltdowns uh, for unexplained reasons. They're usually there's something something big going on cosmically, and so I kind of learned that. But it's important if we can stay calm, taking deep breaths, and really uh, tuning in to our own bodies because. And I think that's one of the things that our kids have taught us as well is that we receive our, the information when we are uh, present and in our bodies and in a calm state because that opens up our, our channels to receive that uh, information. I think the only one last thing that I would add is um, now to keep your sense of humor because what seems to be tragic now you later on will um can come to laugh at you know one of the things that we've experienced with sammy is for a while she was dumping everything out like dumping um, liquid soaps dumping you know anything liquid that she saw dumping milk cartons from the refrigerator dumping it out so one of the things that we had to do was we uh, for our soap we first we switched to the bar soap said, all right, well, we, we'll have to get rid of all the uh, liquid soap. So she tried to flush the, the bar soap down the toilet. And now if it's a full-size bar, got stuck in the toilet. So then that was another issue with that. So we ended up then having to hot glue all the liquid soaps in the house. And so we'd have, I had this college we have this college student that comes and works for us. And so that was what was one of her jobs is to come. And when we had new um, uh, soap bottles, hand soap bottles, uh, she had to hot glue all of them. So one of those crazy things that at the time you think is, oh my gosh, this is going to send me over the edge that now I look at and think that is just the funniest thing in the world to me now. Um, so anyway. Uh, to end with a little bit of laughter that there are there are things in life that are still make us laugh that are still that we can still enjoy and be um, in in gratitude for and I think one of the greatest gifts with our kids is that we've learned to be grateful for um, the little things you know uh, we don't get hung up like other parents do on, you know, just just silly things. I used to think it was a tragedy that um, Sammy didn't care about Christmas presents or birthday presents. And now I realize they're not materialistic because they have this relationship with God that is that is so pure that they do see the wonders of creation, the magic, like Connie, had said in everyday life, the magic in what goes on at, at the, at the multi-dimensional realms. So for those of you wanting to connect with these autists, they have incredible, incredible new insights and new perspectives to, to show us that will lead humanity to truly, um, become a unity consciousness, become one with the planet and all of nature and all, all the animal kingdoms while maintaining 
a deep relationship with God, spirit, source, the creator, whatever you want to call that one all-encompassing, omnipresent one. They're here showing us um, the new humanity that is within all of us. So thank you to my friends, Connie and Laura and Malena for joining me on this um, magical conversation as moms. We hope that you will receive gifts from, from these, from each one of us. And that if you want to reach out to any one of them, their information is uh, in our, in our description. Please join us next month where I will be, I'm planning to try and get a group of dads together for Father's Day next month and talk to dads and what their experience has been like. So thank you again for joining us and we'll see you next time.